Um, How did I meet you? This is for the interview, of course. Okay. It's all audio. Got it. I'm uh, standing at the A train, hustling doors. Mm-hmm. Um, end up on the A train because I got hurt at the job. The boss hurt me, and wait, did you say the boss fighting. hurt you? Yeah, the boss. Well, he hit me with a ladder accidentally. Okay. He came in with pizza for lunch. Now, mind you, the guy that owns the business isn't covered on workman's comp and shit. Just your employees are. I got a full-time job. Knocked me off the ladder, separating my shoulder, my collarbone, and my arm bone. Mm-hmm. So I'm here living in a tent and hustling at the A train for food and stuff. You have a tent? So you stay out, um, stay outdoors? Mm, yes, I sure do. I set up my tent after 11 o'clock. In between shifts. Where's your general location that you stay? In the park. It's against the law, but I stay in the park. Any park? Mm-hmm. Okay. Right here. Not down there by the Bronx. That's Fairy Park. Oh, that's where you worked? I'm the one color to stay in the Bronx Park where everybody stays. Did you say that you worked in the Bronx? No, there's a lot of parks in the Bronx where a lot of homeless people Oh, stay. I'm sorry, I missed that. I apologize. A lot of people stay, but I don't stay in the Bronx because I'm the wrong, I'm really, I'm the wrong color. They'll steal my stuff faster than hell. You're, so, the, wrong, you're the wrong color? Uh-huh. Okay. It's a different community. Correct. They're black and Hispanic. Oh, okay. I'm a minority. Who are you? We just don't realize white's a minority in Washington Heights. Or at least in New York City. Yeah. So we are. Um, here's a different question. Can you tell me about your amazing cup? Amazing stuff? Amazing cup. Cup? The the cup that you hold? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, well, this one was given me by a little kid. Oh, that's amazing. That one, okay. Knock, knock. Little girl went through the other day. And I'm, I'm always personable and have manners. I said, have a nice day, ladies. And the nanny says, have a nice day. And she yanks on this little Jewish girl, looked like Shirley Temple. She says, say something to the nice man. She turns around and she says, thank you, old man. And the nanny yanks her by the arm. And they come back a couple minutes later and she gives me her cup for me to, I guess, as an apology for calling me old man. Old man didn't bother me. I'm an old man. I'm 61. I'm glad I didn't have to ask. Worked my whole life on my own business. Oh, you clean up very nicely. Mm. The for the millions of people listening at home, Kurt is picking up the lettuce he's dropping from the sidewalk. I keep everything neat out here. I even arranged the books till they started stealing them. I think you're supposed to take them and then leave books mm-hmm. in its place. But we have an old guy that's 71 years old that comes in and takes them and sells them. Yeah, it's the nomad thing, right? I think yeah. it's called nomad, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's actually a great thing. Take a book, leave a book. A lot of the kids, a lot of the kids leave their school books and shit. I was looking at some of the mathematics because I was good at math. 70s, I became up, okay? There weren't even computers when I went to high school. Um, One quick note before we move on for the millions of people listening at home. The, the cup is 
cartoon dinosaurs, and it says, Can you find the ten hidden bones? <laughs> I thought that was worth mentioning. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, you were talking about math in the 70s. I looked at some of the eighth grade math that the kids drop off here. It's amazing. How advanced mathematics is compared to what we learned in the 70s and 60s. Being born in the 50s. Um, my great story in life is that my wife ended up with hematoma crosses in the 90s. I own my own business. I own my own lakefront house. I ran semi-pro bass fishing. Had a ranger boat. I had all the toys. And back in the 90s, they could drop your health insurance and your life insurance. Once my wife became terminal, I had to sell everything I owned to keep my wife alive. She died in 2011 from a genetic liver disease. Sold everything I owned to try and keep her alive. Didn't work. Well, I'm sorry you had to go through that. I cried when I had to sell my bass boat. Your what? I had my bass boat. I was ranked 11th on the East Coast at one time. I fished all kinds of Okeechobee, Kerez, Champlain, Thousand Islands. I was one of the winning guys in fishing. Catch and release bass fishing. I feel like I should leave it here for now so mm-hmm. that I can buy you something to eat another day. Thank you very much, sir. It was only six and a half minutes. All right, Brendan. Um, before we start this thing, what, what do you want to do? What do you mean? You want to hear my nightmare on how the HRH messes everything up in a lovely system or what? What's HRH? You know, HRA is our food stamps, Medicaid program, and all that stuff that they have. They screwed me so bad. Is it HRH or HRA? HRH. Do you need the door? I'm going to the door. That's what I thought it was. Hmm. Well, take that. Bars. What about it? The plastic, man. Bars, I'm sorry. Now you have a challenge. What? Um. Oh, so you were telling me. Yeah, remember where we left off last? Something about your leg? Uh huh. Are you ready? So you're capable of going to get treatment? I hurt my leg in the dark on that. Um, all that sidewalk work that we're doing. I wasn't drinking enough. Wait, was this yeah. recently or how many yeah. years ago? Or No, just recently. Um, two, two weeks or something. So I go to the emergency room. The doctor there says probably detached tendon. And they 
they, they, they uh, refer me to an orthopedic specialist. I'm praying for laser surgery so I don't have six to eight weeks of rehabilitation because I still have no money. I put in for food stamps, Medicaid, and assisted aid that I've never asked for before. Working 40 years of my life. And whoever did the application for me was a new guy. Screwed it all up. I did it on July 3rd, and I still have not got a dime. No food stamps, no aid. The only thing I did get was Medicaid, but it wasn't with the help of our HRA system. It was through the help of a consultant that helped in corner projects. Do you know Richard? That stands where you do? Where? Right here. He opens the door sometimes, Richard. Yeah, yeah. Do you know he has problems with his legs, right? Mm -hmm. Do you think um, the stuff that you have, like HRA and all that stuff, mm -hmm. would help him? If you told him what to do? I don't know, because remember, Richie's uncle is a rich guy. Richie's kind of a... You know all spooner. about him. Richie's a silver spooner. He's always got money. He just does this for checks. Give him something to do. And he knows a lot of people. He's a character. He tells some great stories. How many are true? It's debatable. You know, carrying bags of money. <laughs> he told me about um, the Rolling Stones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He told me that too. He hung the Keith Richards or something. Very possible. I am with the mother of studios as a studio stand and musician. I did I did some stuff with Buzzy Linhart and So you were into music? A few other musicians, yeah. I've been playing the harmonica for 40 years. Mm -hmm. I was. Everybody's dream is to be a rock and roll star, right? Yeah, that was uh, more of my high school thing. <laughs> there you go. Everybody's dream is to be a rock and roll star. Um, so what I'm doing now is, I got an appointment on the 18th. I'm hoping for laser surgery. But um, I'm praying for a laser repair so that I only have a couple of days instead of a couple of weeks. And because I'm homeless, I'm going to hope either go visit a friend of mine that lives in Colorado Springs and hang out out there for a couple of weeks because here I can't get off my feet. There's no way I'm going to have my knee repaired if I can't get off the streets. Or I'm going to go visit my daughter in Atlanta and she's already got a job lined up for me down there. If I can, if I can convince my girlfriend to go with me, I will be in there. But, you know, after my wife dying in 2011, to finally meet a woman and fall in love at 60 years old is like... Unheard of. You might be surprised. I'm really lucky. Yeah, I'm very lucky if you ask me. My girl's a doll. We 
get along really, really good. More like soulmates. Is she in a similar situation? Huh? Is she in a similar situation? No. She's in a divorce thing. Her her parents gave her a, a house in uh in Greenville. So her her ex had a big money job, has a big pension and stuff. He's retiring this year, so she's got she got some money coming. Oh. I think I injured by at JC Penny in 2003. And she still walked with a crick. She's got a hitch in her get along. Instead of this workman's comp lawyer and doctors getting her fixed, they just give her prescriptions and have never repaired her. So I've been trying to get her into the Spinal Institute through Dr. Matt. And if I can get her straightened out, I'll be happy just to be able to help her. Thank you. Did you go in first? I'm sorry, I took your job. It's all right. It gave me a reason for being. I get to help another one. You know? I tried to save my wife and sold everything I own. Trying to save my wife. So now, hopefully, I can help Danny walk Crockley again and maybe even get married again. Who knows? Great woman, though. <clears throat> Great woman. Yeah. We were staying in the tent for a couple of days, and the weather was really bad. We started getting sick, so I sent her back home. Is that the same tent that you mentioned before? Yeah, that somebody robbed on me. I no longer have a tent. Oh. I've been, uh... I now, I now ride the A-Train. That's my night house, the A-Train. I typically tell people I'm sorry when they have a loss, but uh, someone's been telling me that doesn't help the situation is to say I'm sorry. You're right, brother. Um, yeah. Hello, Things are looking up now. Because now I've already got new glasses to Medicaid. I'm going to have... My denture is corrected, and hopefully my knee fixed so that I can go back to work again. Because us blue-collar workers will work till we die. If you own your own business, and it was a small business, and most of us weren't educated in, in, um, in any kind of investments except for, you know, you, you buy a house, and then you buy a bigger house, and all that. And way back in the 90s, if you had too much money, you didn't get any help from Uncle Sam, and your insurance companies were allowed to drop you, you know? So my health insurance and my life insurance policies were never picked up again. So, in the interim, I had to sell everything. My vast boat, my house, my toys. Um, $230,000 later, I kept my wife alive for a lot of years, but never was able to save it. Started in Patterson, ended up at St. John's, 
Ben John sent us to the University of Medicine and Dentistry, Denver, Colorado. And then we ended up in Fort Worth, Texas. The best internal organ hospital in the United States. So they kept her alive for 11 years longer than anybody said she had a chance to live. It was worth every penny. I would sell everything I owned again for a woman like that. When you're lucky, I'm going to try and help Danny do the same thing. So now, I have a purpose. Besides, I got a daughter and a son, and a granddaughter. I now have a girlfriend that I can help. And uh, I would love to get the, make her get, get the pain away and be able to get her in the Spinal Institute. Have you looked towards your kids for help? in the past? No, I helped my kids. When I had the factory job, because of the construction was getting too hard on me, especially during the winter, um, my son crashed his motorcycle, a dirt bike. And you know, with a dirt bike you don't have insurance on. And he owned his own business, I saw him construction, so he has his own two-man business. So whatever I had saved, I gave to my son to help save his mortgage. Me and my, me and my daughter helped him out. And then I went back to work doing construction, which was my mistake because I'm too old to do construction. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to do some. I'll be a doorman. Was Was there a specific thing in construction that you really liked? Yeah, doing something different all the time and working with customers. Oh. Because I did everything. Decks and docks and add a level dance floors, um, doctor's offices, new new homes. Um, we did everything. We did everything. And then uh, we owned for three years. We had a environmental business until they upped the mandatory um, backing of $2 million to $10 million. They knocked a bunch of us little business guys out. That happened to be a really good job doing the NJDT&E stuff. But um, improper investment and getting stuck with trying to save my wife has me with nothing. So I'm going to go forward, though. The only way to go is up. The only way to go is up. Hello, girl. Hello, young man. You're welcome. Um, but hopefully I get this repaired. And oh, I I'm sorry. I... Uh... It's all right. Disorganized. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to take this, man? I would take that freaking. I don't have. I don't think I have a VHS player. I have a freaking forest. I'm sure I can just watch it on YouTube. It's probably online. That's an yeah, old. Yeah, you probably can. Mr. Wong Detective. I know. I never heard of it. I never. But Boris, nineteen thirty-eight. Is that say nineteen thirty-eight? Yeah. Oh, that. Oh, wait. Hold on. Nineteen thirty-eight. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but, um, so when I come back to here, I think I'm going to get out of the city and probably go and try down south where it's not cold and do something less strenuous like maintenance guy or superintendent or something, which I'd be really good at. What's Estimator. Anything. I'd be a great estimator. I'm great at numbers. You know, just going around and doing estimates for big business would be a great thing. But, hopefully, you're welcome. Hopefully, 
I'm able to get this knee repaired and I can go forward. You're welcome. You're welcome, sir. Some people have manners. Most don't. Okay. I think I'll leave it there. You're busy. Uh, okay. Thank you, Thank my you brother. for sharing. I greatly appreciate it. You're welcome. You said a tactical error. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, um, I spent a little bit of money I had because I got this job, uh, this job that I'm doing, and uh, we didn't get, we, the chairman made a mistake and didn't submit, along with my bid, the request for the deposit check. So I am stuck on the street until after I get the job done and get the check, because now it's going to give me a chance to get off the street and rent a room to start off with. You know, rooms for rent, they have them all over the place. In the newspaper, they have them hanging at all the phone booths. They're just people renting rooms, probably a little short on their income. And uh, it would have got me off the street so that I can do the nice surgery that I need, because I'm going to be out three to six weeks, and I have to be horizontal for at least two, so I'm forced to, I can't do it on the A train, because that's where I am, um, it's going to be really hard to try and work for four days, bust ass all day, and then go to the A train, no shower, no change of clothes, no nothing. Can't carry my stuff around with me and my tools. So now I'm forced to carry my tools with no clothing. And, I, you know, I'm at the point where, where if I would have had a deposit check today, I would have been able to rent the room, had somewhere safe to put my things, and been able to complete this job. Because this job is what's going to launch me off the street. Because I still fight with the state on this money. On this. Was this Home Depot that you were talking about? Yeah, Home Depot is where we buy our material. Yeah, Home Depot we buy our material. But um, my error was in that spending the little bit of money that I had and sharing it with other people that didn't have anything because I assumed I was going to have a check today. So now I got to make sure I have at least enough money so that I'm not a vagrant. And then, uh, luckily, uh, someone brought me a sandwich just now, which I'm lucky at. So I got a couple dollars to go, and I'll have my minimum. So that if they pull my chain, 34th Precinct, that I have money on me. So they can't run me in for being a vagrant. And I'm kind of stuck because my tools are in New York. So I was going to send a friend of mine, leave her name out, you know, money so that she could bring my tools down to me. And now, it looks like I'm forced to try and save money, borrow money, something, to get me up to Port Jervis, get my tools, and come back. And that's a whole day thing. That's a, it, 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 the travel time's a couple of hours. It's four, four and a half hours from here. <clears throat> With the subway, the connector train, the New Jersey Transit, <coughs> and then a taxi up to get my tools and back. And then it's limited. Rush hour, there's like six trains out. 
and on the way back there's four or five trains, but there's a big lap. Some, there's a, one, one spot has a six-hour lap, so this thing could take me, I don't know, just getting my tools could possibly take me a full 14 hours, 14 to 15 hours just getting my tools. And then I got to get it back at a decent time because luckily I have somebody that I half know that's going to store my stuff. Is that the man I haven't recorded? Yes. Stefan? Stefan. Stefan. Yes. yes. But I don't know about him, you know. I don't know if he's a silver spooner. I don't, he, hasn't, he hasn't told me yet who lives with him or anything. He's kind of like real quiet. He's real quiet. He plays the Not with you. Really well. No, no, everybody else is. Oh, you dropped a balloon. Oh. Look at oh, Sam. No. Can we get it? I can get it. Thank you. Our balloon. The nice man's going to get it for you. We say thank you, right? Thank you so much. No problem. Anyway, so I've got to figure my way out of it and very fast because I start this job in four days. i got to come up with a solution quickly. Mm, Save your money. Why would you give it to anybody else? You said, like, you give it to people that need it also. Right. Friends Coffee, and family. Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Most of them are homeless. I think all of them are homeless. Along with me, you know. You're supposed to... You're supposed to, what, uh, pay forward? You have to always try and help. Is it, wrong for me to, is it wrong for me to say that you should be worrying more about yourself than anyone else right now? Mm, it's probably the right thing, but it's never been in my logic. Um, I never put myself first, ever. I don't know why, but I don't. And every, they teach you that, but, you know, I concern myself with other people probably more than I do myself even though in this situation I'm totally looking for I'm totally doing this for myself the job that I'm taking on before the knee surgery and everything you know I'm going to be working in severe pain the whole time but it's something I got to do before I get the surgery of course without the orthopedic surgeon knowing I'm doing anything he thinks I'm resting somewhere <laughs> Resting, all right. I'm resting by not carrying that heavy bag up and down. I'm not resting by not carrying that heavy bag up and down. But, um, I haven't come up with the solution yet. Unfortunately, I don't, I don't know any, I don't know people that, um, you know, are fairly well off and have a place that, you know, where you can pay somebody for a couple of nights or anything. I'm like, stuck. Right now I'm stuck. I may, you know, be bold with him tomorrow and find out, you know, he just gave me his address and his home phone and stuff, so, um, climbing forward. I don't know what it's like there. I don't know even if his mom lives there with him. I have no clue. But that could be an avenue. I could pursue. Can I bring up one more thing that you told oh, me you worry about? Hmm. The winter? Oh, I gotta be the hell out of here before it gets cold, man. Out of There's where? No doubt about it. Out of standing outside. Oh, so you can still be in New York City? Yeah, I could still be in New York City if 
I get a good job, if I get repaired and get a good job. This is where the money is. This is where you can make the most money. But um, I got to get off the street. And I got my ducks lined up to do that. It's just in a week, it's just got been a week postponement. In the week's really going to screw me. Because how do you tell what time it is in the morning to go to work when you're in the subway? Really tough. Can you get a watch? A really, really cheap watch? I could. I got to get about my Obama phone back. My first one was stolen. My second one wasn't delivered to my mailing address. Now I'm attempting my third try at trying to get an Obama phone, which I qualify for. But is it Obama still? Oh uh, yeah, that's true. Where are we going? They don't call them Trump phones though. Everybody calls them Obama. Phones, <laughs> you know? It's true. Because Donald's gonna wipe it out. So he's gonna wipe out all our, all our, you know. His representatives can spend hundreds of thousands of dollars, his cabinet members, on private jets and all kinds of luxuries, but God forbid we spend $22 a month giving somebody that needs it a phone. God forbid. But, um, and you said you need socks for the winter? Oh, yeah. I probably... I, I need it. personally I don't have anything for the winter here aside, aside from a housing what, what can somebody on the street help you with somebody walking by what can they help you with well somebody already helped some nice gentleman helped me with food but um and long johns and socks and a winter coat anything gloves oh my goodness anything anything like that because I'm unprepared I'm unprepared for the winter. I don't want to be out here during the winter at all. Zero. So hopefully this all works out. The job's there. Have I already asked you about shelters in the past? Have you considered shelters if you don't make it in a yeah, housing? Yeah, yeah, Shelters are a nightmare, man. If people that have been there say they'd rather be on the street. Our shelter system's a nightmare because what happens is... Now, along with our shelters, we also house people that have been released from the psych wards, um, from jails, and all kinds of shit. In our, in our housing placements, it's a nightmare, and they don't separate any of them. They jam them all together. It's a total nightmare. It's a total nightmare. It's supposed to be scary as hell. I personally, not because of what I've heard, I haven't heard any positives. I've heard all negatives from people that have actually been in them and bailed out and gone back to the street because of how bad it was, um, I'm not going to even consider that. You know, the, what is it, DIR and all that stuff? It, the problem is, is they send you to, like, Randall Island or something. Here comes the next wave of people. I think I should let you go. Thank you very much. Have, Have a good, good one. I'm playing. Um, it's recording. Okay. So, um... I... I Lose, I, I lose my job July 1st. I apply at uh, our lovely New York State 216th Street food stamps and um, medical aid and financial aid on July 3rd. I get a guy who's brand new, has no clue what he's doing. He ends up opening four different numbers. I, it takes me two days for him to do my application interview, and he opens up three or four different numbers. 
So I do everything I'm supposed to. I do my identification. I do my uh, NCIC. I do my employment. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm exempt from employment because I'm over 60. So I don't have to do an employment thing to get financial aid. Now, most people get $126 that are on the street, okay? This guy puts me in for $26 a month and screws up the file so bad that it's taken me three over three months. I finally got food stamps on the 22nd of September for one month, and they still can't tell me what I qualify for, why I haven't received anything. They don't send me anything in the mail. They don't return our phone calls. I went there six different times, and all they do is shuffle me from department to department because nobody wants to take the blame for messing this case up so bad. They have somebody from 216th Street that interviews, like a supervisor that interviews bad cases. And he gives us a letter stating that it's a, I'm in a crisis situation and that I have made, I have done all of the qualifications, but within their office they have made grave errors. So, I'm unable to get off the street because I can't get financial aid. This new guy thinks I only qualified for, I should only get $26 a month in financial aid. Why it beats the hell out of me because I, you know, it'd be great to get a room, get off the street. Twenty-six dollars doesn't even do laundry for the month. Okay, I don't know what twenty-six dollars is supposed to do, but we, I get a caseworker, two caseworkers, as a matter of fact. Now I have a caseworking supervisor who's pulling her hair out. It took us two hours and forty-five minutes to get somebody to finally a supervisor on the phone today that couldn't tell us what I qualified for, couldn't tell me how much when my supposedly benefits are supposed to come in. They send me a bill from my medical that says, from a woman dentist, I did four extractions. My extractions were done in 2015. It has nothing to do with the male dentist that I have on um, St. Nick, it's not even the right office, so they send me this saying they deny payments for four extractions on the 28th. The 28th, I wasn't even at my dentist, so I don't even know where they get this from or where the female is or what file they put this in on, but they cannot ever straighten this case out. Tomorrow, I'm going to go there again for the fifth time and go from division to division to try and find out, one, what I qualify for, and two, why I do not have anything in paper at all, reference, file number, caseworker, I have absolutely nothing after three months, so I can't even do an appeal or a fair hearing because we have nothing in paper to show our file number, case number, etc. It's the biggest nightmare I ever saw. They're to blame, well, I'm to blame for me being on the street, but they're to blame for me not getting aid to get off the street. I worked for 30-some years. I've been paying into the system forever. 
This is the only time I've ever collected and try, attempted to collect anything. And it's an unbelievable nightmare. I'm going to go tomorrow, see what happens. The hand doesn't know what the foot's doing. We also have a Bellagio division in our, in our social services that says we are, we have a housing and placement division. And if you look in your book, on book one, it will tell you that we have a division on this. Book two explains it. There's a whole 12 pages on it. Well, we do not, in the city of New York, even have a division. We have funds allocated for it. It's written in black and white. It has the administrators, the different departments, housing placement, the whole nine yards. Totally does not exist, except for in paper. And what are they doing with the funds? Where is it going? The Blasio is supposed to be placing us in these new affordable housing. He was supposed to have 7,500 units ready. He has only put out uh, 256 as 7,500 affordable housing. He's supposed to get a 65,000 homeless off the street. And the only thing he's doing is paying his administration to come up with ideas and solutions and implementations that he never does. We're absolutely frustrated with the whole deal. There's nobody getting us poor homeless guys off the street. We would also like to be freaking employed, get us employment jobs, remodel some of these ads, some of these buildings they own, put the carpenters to work. Good God, there's so many things he could do, but we have done nothing. We will keep sitting on our hands and make sure the leg doesn't know what the foot's doing. It's the biggest mess I've ever seen. Thank you. You're welcome. And uh, somehow we've got to straighten it out. I even have student lawyers now working on this because it's such a mess, okay? From the Harm Reduction Division, they're, they're, they're students. They actually have a lawyer looking at this case. All I want is what I qualify for on the dates that they're supposed to have for me and get me off the street, okay? And it's no thanks to our wonderful mayor. I have a question. I was going to call a name, but that doesn't, that's... Oh, that's fine. Um, the people that are handling your cases, do you see them in person? And you, do you see no, 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 I don't have a casework. They, they mess this case up so bad, nobody wants to touch it over there in you, any division. Do you see any people dealing with you in oh, person? Yeah. Oh, yeah. At, um, I have two caseworkers and the lawyers, but not from our social services division. These are outside people that are caseworkers that represent me. You give them power of attorney or whatever it is, and they, they you know, they, they know the gist. They know what's supposed to happen. They know the system. And it's just unbelievable how bad this case is messed up. And I've done it. It's not that hard. I did everything. I didn't miss anything. I have a letter from the supervisor from the division that we have that verifies you are who you are, your birth certificate and all that stuff. So it's your um, eligibility verification. He went through the file and saw that I... Did, went to everything I had to. The problem was, was this new employee 
created three or four different numbers, and then one thing would go to one number, and I only did one application. Then another another part, like employment, they put on another number, and my 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 um, my interview would go on another number. I only did one application created into three or four. Nobody wants to handle it. Nobody in social services wants to take responsibility for it. The new employee that they had, I don't even know if he is still in their employee, but I oh, surely don't want the guy to help me. There goes your friend. I surely wouldn't want the guy to help me, okay, because he does not know what he's doing. If you don't school your people, you should not have them working on cases. You should have them in the offices, in the offices learning how to do it before you create a giant paperwork nightmare like this is. Um, my case, the lead caseworker, um, Adriana, happens to be at the same place I get my mail, so she knows that she knows that I haven't gotten any mail at all, no correspondence at all, like, oh, your food stamps have been um, approved, nothing. We get absolutely nothing. The whole thing's a mess. I'm on the street. I'm over 60. I'm frustrated, and I surely want to have something done. And... Our housing unit, how come none of the big people in here, all our committee people, our chair people, our, our representatives, how come nobody's looking, not even any of the newspapers are picking up this housing and placement division that we have in our social services that does not exist only in paper? Somebody help me with these answers. Have you ever gone to like a community meeting, a board meeting? Any interest? Uh, yeah, if I could have been, if one of once I can be cleaned up and all that, I'm going to go there and jump up and down and yell. And <laughs> okay, we look okay now. now. All right. Oh, thank you. I did a, I did a, a clean up today. Okay, today I uh, did the sink, the sink shower, and it's lovely with one leg standing with your foot in the sink while you wash your feet. I love that. Washing your hands is easy fun. But nevertheless. I'm hoping to get off the street. Um, actually, our city is not helping me. I'm a Caucasian. I'm over 60. I'm not getting any aid. I'm not getting any help. Everyone that gets, that I deal with in our social services runs in the other direction. This case is such a mess. Instead of somebody taking interest and straightening it out, they would rather avoid any kind of responsibility for the gigantic mess they have created off of my back I'm still on the street and we're gonna find out tomorrow I try and hold my patience we'll find out tomorrow if we get anybody to truly help us or not I doubt it
towards each other's church, synagogue, whatever. If they know each other, they're really polite. Otherwise, manners have gone out the door. Hi. Hi, baby. How you doing? Well, how are you? I love the dress. Where you been? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's go dancing. Have a good night. Uh, I have a con uh, some constructive criticism. Okay. Don't do that, Janet. Going to hear it? I'm sorry? Nothing. Go ahead. Constructive criticism. In the past two days recently, yes. I saw you holding the door yes. and you were smoking. Well, you know, that's because of my frustration. Why? You like not smoking? Well, I think you could lose some tips. I do. do does anyone ever get mad at you? No. No. They, really? But, I, you know, they talk amongst each other about the smoking thing, but, you know... I can understand you smoke when you're frustrated. Totally. But you know, because I want to quit. Okay, I totally smoke when I'm frustrated. But There's some people that may absolutely love you, and then they think, "Oh, this guy's smoking now. Yeah. Screw him." Uh, I know. That could be. That could be. I'll take that into consideration upon the bite of this lovely sandwich you have bought me. Mmm. What a bomb. Mm. Do you know Q-Mart? Where's that? It's just, oh, yeah, yeah. You go all the way to the end, to the intersection, and then you take a right. Mm -hmm. That's where the tunnel goes? Is there expensive one, huh? Um, it can be when you buy milk and cookies, too. <laughs> Almond milk? Yeah. We're doing non-dairy? Uh, yeah. I think the real milk makes you gain weight. And I'm watching my thighs and my stomach, and I want to fit into my bikini for the winter. Rocking. I do, too. I got to stay in shape, but my new girlfriend's kind of thin, so I have to stay slightly in shape. You know, I am. Um, oh, back to the dental thing. I'm getting a brand new pair of dentures. How the medical division and our social site, you're welcome, Derek came up with that I got Fort Jackson it is like totally beyond me. Have a good night in the fighting. Totally beyond me. They have no clue what they're, it's, a, it's amazing. They really, there's only a very small handful of people that care in that division and all we need are people that really want to care. Are people that really care and somebody that's actually going to jump in and grab the short hairs and say, okay, this, you're welcome, sir. This case is messed up. Let me handle it. Let's get it straightened out. I'm sure there's more than just my force ask. And this and the the social services thing is make it as frustrating as possible so that the people just give up 
And that way they don't have to deal with it, they don't have to straighten it out. You default because you no longer keep going and keep asking them for answers and keep freaking beating at the door and keep calling on the phone and keep leaving unanswered messages. But I shall not give up yet. Kurt, quick question. When the winter comes around and you don't have housing, will you be here? I hope not. I'm trying to get a job. I hope not. I gotta go under the knife on my knee, so I gotta have four to six weeks somewhere where I can be horizontal for two to three weeks and I'll never repair and I'm too old not to repair properly. So I'm hoping that I can get all this mess straightened out in the next couple of weeks and I can get off the meeting. Rent one of these rooms where you see in our papers rooms for rent, there in our papers, there in our closets. You're welcome. Have a good night. Have a good night, sir. And you know, I hope to. I want to. My goal is to be off the street. I definitely want to be off the street because I'm too old to be out here in the cold. I did that. Have a good night. I did that. Have a good night. I did that in 2015 with shovel snow for cars. Me and my buddy Troy. We did all kinds of stuff, and we stuck here through the winter, 14 or 15, and we had the heavy snow, and it was just really tough, man. You froze. I lost a whole bunch of weight. My feet swelled because I was never being able to lay down. It was a real nightmare. It was a nightmare. I am not going through that again. Well, I'm going to get you the supplies you need. Socks, gloves. Oh, you're the At least the bare minimum. I really appreciate it. I do. I do. I really appreciate it. I want to get the hell out of it. I don't mind being here and seeing the people, but if I did this just like on a weekend for kicks cool, but having to do this so I can eat and have money and get it, get, you know, you have to, I'm not jumping the turnstiles. I'm, I'm not getting arrested for jumping turnstiles. So when you go back and forth, I'm spending 10 bucks out of my chip money a day just to get on the train. It can be a, it can be a nightmare, but I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to go to HRA tomorrow, our social services, and maybe I'll keep us updated on what we what they actually did with me. Hopefully I get a caseworker and I get it straightened out. Because I do not, I repeat, I do not want to be on the streets of New York City in the winter. And I'm sure there's 65,000 other people that feel the same way. You're welcome, dear. What's up, dude? Good? Alright, have a good night. I think that's good for now. Thank you. Have a good night, dear. Love that dress. So, have, have a good night. Have a good day. You too. You too, man. Oh, have a nice night. I thank you, my brother. Of course. You're a big dude. They always go to hike the siren. Kurt. Okay. Can I ask you about fishing? Uh-huh. Oh, fishing's an art. Fishing is an art that you learned. You learn first times of years and what and what uh, and what type whatever type of species you're going for is what time of year they're in what phase uh, spawn um, they, they go lethargic here up north so you have winter which they go lethargic and then you have the spawn then you have the summer. Then you have the fall feed bag before they go lethargic again. And then once you learn 
the different stages of whatever fish you're looking for, then you will know what baits to fish for them and what type of structure they're on during the different times of year, depending on moon phase, water clarity, and um, water temp. When did you start fishing? When was the first time you fished? My grandmother took me fishing, and my grandmother gave me the first harmonica when I was a little kid. Harmonica. Yeah, and uh, my grandmother had ESP. ESP? I told you the story about when the bull knocked me over the fence, and my, my grandmother came to get me. I have a horrible sense of memory. Okay, well... I used to milk cows as a kid for a gallon of raw milk a and can week. I, can I ask, you probably told me before, but where does this all take place? Like, what state? Avoiding New Jersey. Oh, New Jersey. Yes, avoiding New Jersey. Anyway, uh, my grandmother could tell what was in boxes. She could partially read minds, and if you were connected to her, she knew when, when bad things were good and good things were happening. Anyway, and the bull gets out. I'm carrying milk home. I'm a little guy, probably eight years old. And the bull plows me, man. And this great big thing of milk is right here. And the great big thing of breaking glass sticks into my arm, and the bull knocks me out. And it's probably two and a half, three miles over hills and dales where I'm injured, bleeding like a pig. And my grandmother gets my mom and says, Betty, get the truck. We got to go get Curdy's hurt. But my grandmother gave me my first harmonica, which I'm pretty good at, and um, uh, took me fishing, which I would have been a fishing pro if I didn't pick family over career. Do you regret that? No. I do now because my kids are grown up, but I wouldn't trade my kids for anything in the world. Can you make a living on being a fisher? Huh? Can you make a, a living being a fisherman? They fish for a million dollar purse, first places now. Or is that like big old like uh, boats where you put out the fishing net, or do you just the regular? No, 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 no. It's all ca it's all cast and ca uh, cast and real, and it's uh, like BASS Redman's FLW. Uh, that's bass oriented, which I was. Um, these guys fish for million dollar purse places. A lot of these guys earn a hundred, two hundred, three hundred thousand a year. Some of these guys earn in the millions a year. But, um... Ooh, thank you. Bingo. Um, like I said, fishing's an art, though. They, if people that just think that fishing is just, uh, you know, cast out a worm and go, it, it's completely wrong. Not in the pro circuit. These guys are uh, unbelievable. And when I first fished, you didn't have a GPS, and you didn't have a grapher, and you didn't have all that shit, because we used to get regular topo maps from the government, where you had to get them from, or whatever lake you want, and a simple compass, and run from Nunbui to Nunbui, or calculate what your heading was, and what your speed was on the water and approximately where you were on this gigantic lake, especially like Okeechobee and Kerrez and Bugs Island and all that stuff, you don't, um, you don't see the shoreline. So you're out there. But it's exciting. But fishing guys spend all their time away. Like the pros now, 
running these great big mobile homes, freaking three quarter to a million dollar freaking mobile homes, and they they in school their kids. They actually learn to, you know, they drag their families around now. Before it was, you would see your wife once every couple of months, you know, send money home as you kept winning. So this is competitive fishing. Oh yeah, and it's all catch and release. You don't kill anything. You do not kill. It's all they're kept live in live wells, and it's all catch and release. Did you ever eat the fish that you caught? You want to be damned by the fish god? Hell no. You never did it for the self-reliance, the self. Uh... No, no, no. Because early, remember, early, I had money, so. I used to kid everybody. Like your family you know? did? Um, like when you were eight and the ball hit you? Your, your grandmother had money? Uh, or <laughs> My mom sure. had money, but I didn't know it. So, we had a pool and all that stuff, but being a young kid, didn't realize that the farmer in Vernon didn't have pools, didn't have, you know. So, we were apparently pretty well off, not knowing it, you know. I always had a ski pass. Motorcycle. My mom bought me my first vehicle. Um, my mom was a great woman. What did she do? Great woman. She was a night auditor. She did mathematics. She was a she wasn't a certified CPA, but she was an accountant. Uh, she was night auditor for the Playboy Club for a really long time. She was a whiz at math. That's probably where I got my great math skills from. So you had thought about doing fishing full-time, right? Oh, yeah. Did that compete with your thoughts of going with math full-time as far as a career? Do you know what you wanted to do with math? With what? Math, like for a career? No, but I was really good at um, water remediation systems and well calculations and all kinds of shit like that because I did a uh, construction. So, oh, so math went into your construction work. Hell yeah! When you're doing a house, you're you're, you're totally you're figuring your studs, concrete, your footings, your foundation, your framing, siding, sheathing, roofing, windows and doors, etc., etc., etc. So it's always numbers. And then, of course, you have to calculate your labor, be competitive in your bids. Do you ever have time or the inclination to fish in New York City? No, oh, there were a bunch of guys in the Federation from New York City, as a matter of fact, that used to fish in New Jersey, B.A.S. does. I am. Uh, I ran a bass club called Hog Heaven, and then we turned it into Hog Wild. We ran a BASS affiliated bass club. Mm -hmm. We used to do our, we used to go to a big tournament to represent the state of New Jersey. One of the guys I used to fish with, Mike Iaconelli, won the Bassmasters Classic in, I don't know, 2000 and something, and won a million two or something. The guy used to pump gas and live with his grandmother. So this was pretty recent. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I used to make 15 to 20 grand a year just fishing tournaments on the side at the level I was. You know, and uh, all I had to do was pay for my pro card and I was in because I had the ranking. How about now? I don't know if now is the right season to fish, but would you ever do it now? Just run the clock, man. Break ice and fish. Do you want to? I love fishing. Mm-hmm. And when was the last time you fished? With my son. Oh. Yeah, I How long ago son. was that? He's got a boat. Uh, I don't know, a couple of months. We, I don't fish anywhere near as much as I should with him. Uh, we don't, my son and I don't seem to have the time that we have, like, with my daughter. My daughter and me spend a lot of time talking and are close, and my son just, uh, I don't know. We don't have the closest we used to have, unfortunately, because of his wife, but it is what it is. Oh. Mm-hmm. You've got to get her into fishing. Love to fish. My kid's got a bunch of my fishing gear up there. He's on a, he's on a, um, a private community with four lakes on it. That's what they do. My kids all learned to fish and ski when they still had diapers on. Mm-hmm. And swim. Mm-hmm. So, my kids all fish too. My son was in our bass club. I ran that kids derby in Vernon, the biggest kids derby in the state of New Jersey, and they gave me a, that award for a decade of outstanding service. Hey, New Jersey, Dad. Mm-hmm. I had so many trophies. My wife made me uh, make a trophy room in the basement and get them out of the upstairs. Which is not bad. Are you competitive when you uh, fish with your kids? You are? Oh, okay. Always oh, come. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no matter who it is, my son or my daughter, we're out there first, biggest and most, buck, buck and a buck. Mm-hmm. And um, it's exciting. It's exciting. But like I said, I made the right choice by bringing up my family rather than being a bass pro, because then it would have been monetary or not. the love and all that shit that I found in bringing my family up. Exactly. All the cool shit we used to do with the kids. I did all kinds of cool shit. You know, I would go around Halloween and we'd decorate my van and all the kids would come and we'd drive around in the van because remember, Brendan's uh, pretty spread out, you know, there's acres and acres between houses. Then you go from house to house, so. Um, I used to dress up as Dracula all the time and take all the kids. The kids used to line up, my daughter's friends used to line up two, three days a week to go fishing with us when we had the boat out. They would stand out in the yard waiting to see who would go fishing next with us. Everybody would stand there waiting to go fishing. 
video called Uncle Curdy's Mission Show. You can start your own uh, YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> they, they, they do have some, some of the guys that have their own fish channel. Oh. Yep. The Fish Fishburn. Um, uh, B.A.S.S. Pro, Bass Angler Sportsman Society Pro. And uh, he does some really silly shit, you know. He'll take a rocking chair and put it on a put it in the water and he'd sit in the water and rock and fish. He does a lot of really like kind of off the wall stuff for humor and seriousness that would kind of like favor me. <laughs> Be the character. Yeah. Anyway, we have a I have been lucky enough to uh, give me two soulmates in my life, besides having a good family. So, I'm reading a book on soulmates. Uh, if you haven't met one yourself, hang out there until you do, man. It's like worth waiting for. If you find a woman that just tags with you, do the same thing you do think the same thing. What did your first soulmate uh, do? Hmm? What did your first soulmate do for a career or like a hobby? She worked for me. She was a she was a housewife. Oh, uh, okay. Margie happened to be her grandfather was the first carpenter I ever worked with. My little sister who died of a tonsillectomy in nineteen seventy four, Susie she happened to, what did she make it to, like, 7th grade or 6th grade or something? Anyway, her best friend in school ended up being my wife. My little sister's best friend in grade school ended up being my wife. You sort of have, like, a sort of, um, a connection to your sister after all these years. Right, right. Well, it's, it's funny that those, you know, that, because I didn't know her, my sister was seven years younger than me or something. You know, the spread was far enough that, you know, like my brother, it, it, you know, we were spread out too much. Oh, I'm can a, I have more paper napkins, please? Oh, sure. I'm going to do... I'll do coffee. Please. Coffee? Yeah. Okay. Coffee. Yeah. But remember, so the two things that I'm really good at, my grandmother gave me. Harmonica. Uh -huh. And your mom gave you math. My mom gave me math. The carpentry, I don't know, we just bounced into carpentry because that's where we were actually easy to be able to get jobs. That's the only reason I was a carpenter. Because my dad was, I don't know what he was, zero. Some kind of salesman or something. You didn't know your dad too well? Oh, I know my dad. But he, you're like, he's a salesman or something. Yeah, he was something for Allied Chemical Corporation. But um, he never had time for kids or nothing. My dad was a, quite a miserable man. I wonder why. Beats me. My mom was a great woman. They had money. I don't know. <clears throat> Did your mom have a good idea of what was going on with that guy? With my dad? Yeah. 
Yeah, she should have left him way back when she was when he was forty five. Oh my job. goodness! You should have left him. Thank you. Oh, Thank you nice so much. This is huge. Yeah, of course. Nice oh push my up. God! I Thank you. All right. Baby. Yeah, my mom should have left a long time ago. My mom was a poor. She was, you know, but. At the at the era she came up in, remember, you weren't you didn't speak about divorce, you know. You got married before you got had sex. So that's an unfortunate part of the early relationship. How do you know if they're any good together if you don't try it first? That's my motto. Do you think you would have gotten anything more out of your life if they split up? Definitely. Definitely. A lot of things would have been different. Yep. Yep. Most definitely. My mom probably would have been a really nice guy. You know, because my dad really had no influence in anything I did. Now. He had a workshop and all that stuff. Thank you. But still, at my age, you know, you can't. Nobody can touch the saw. He's a, he's a real oddball, you know. Like he's he's the only one good enough to do anything. Run the chainsaw, anything. Drive the tractor. He's one of them. He's one of them. You know, his idea of doing things together was, well, he pulled the handle on the log splitter, and at 80 years old, my mom would load the log into the log splitter. My dad would pull the handle. That was his idea of how they worked together. Piece of shit. Then he will go on to tell the I hope you're okay. Your sleeve went into lasagna. Ah. You know, I had a feeling that was coming. All right, that's what I'll have for leftovers. When I take it home, I'll just have sleeve and tomato sauce. You can order something to go. Rocking. Is the stuff melted in that Cuban? I'm sorry? Is that melted in the Cuban? The, the cheese? cheese? And everything? Yeah. yeah. Love the Cubans. Cubans. Is it a pressed one or not? I would say pressed. Hungry, my man? That was a big sandwich. I always eat fast. Yeah. I eat pretty fast too. No good for us. No good lad. Not any good for us. Mm. Yep, so my goal is to get an apartment or get at least rent a room before Christmas. You know, the weekly rental? There's a room somewhere that I have put my feet up. And then next month, I want to get my knee fixed. And then I'm going to apparently have to go back to carpentry again. Horrible. It's a physical job. Extremely. 
So it's a what job? Very physical. Right. Need a carpenter. A little framing or foundation, concrete, all that. It's extremely physical. You know. And you recently went up to uh, what was it? Some p-word. Pardon? We went up to where? You had a job up north. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The first time I've ever worked outside of carpentry, I had a job making makeup. Coal bar. Coal bar industry. The largest makeup manufacturer in the United States. Coal bar. But that was a horrible experience. That was bad? Well, I never knew how to work by the hour, you know, and uh, everybody would say I work too fast or work too hard or kind of tough, you know, when you're used to working in high gear all the time and then you got to work in first gear all day long and try to keep from being bored. Uh, um, any intelligence, the guys that ran the places were really trying to hope they didn't want any of the big guys to see that you were smart, because they might lose some of their positions, you know what I mean? So it was kind of like, it was kind of like the good old boy system in there, they were all related, everybody with good jobs was related. I mean, I got along with a lot of the guys really well, but definitely not, not my cup of tea. And what they exposed these guys, these young guys, to making makeup, I don't know. I was checking some of the material safety data sheets, some of that stuff is scary. Um, to, uh, to bring up acidity in eye makeup, they use the same acid that your plumber uses to unclog your drain. Standard practice. So, <clears throat> it's a very odd and the safety regulations aren't supposed to be followed but they're really not they're not they're, 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 that big cup business is only into volume 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 is he going to charge you by the cup or is it just like one shot like a refill or what oh know? it doesn't matter six dollars for a salad yeah it does we'll find out how much coffee you right Um, what year was it? I don't know, 96 or 97. We were doing this giant job, two and a half million dollars or something in uh, East Orange. And we're getting near the end. We have two sections, you know, states, let's say four and five. And there's probably only, you know, two or three hundred thousand left on my end of it. And uh, the guy pays me in a cashier check, $60,000. And I deposit it 
I wait for it to clear before I draw from it, and it clears, and I draw from it. And then, a month and a half later, the feds are at my door, and they got all my accounts locked, the cashier's check was stolen, and there were no funds backing it. <clears throat> so, that was another nightmare of business. Took a stolen cashier's check for 60000 That's nice. And it's really hard to make payments or anything when they lock. You know, I had a limited liability corporation. It's bullshit. When the federal government comes in, he locks everything. He locked my checking, my savings, everything. Uncle Sam jumped on everything, man. He locked me down. 120 days. 120 days. I had a scramble. Because how do you finish contracts when everything's written out to the business name? I was screwed. How long ago was this? 96. That hurt me for a small business. That hurt me. That was one of the stepping stones as I was crashing because Margie's bills were getting so high. Especially phenomenal. And, uh, you know, then we had to go to Denver a couple of times before they took her out there. So we were flying around, not working. But I got a job out there when we finally lived in Texas as an assistant superintendent for THR, Texas Health Resources. They built hospitals for the state of Texas. We actually built a hospital, which was really cool. I learned some new commercial shit. How to do the walls for an MRI room and EKG stuff. I learned a lot of cool shit. Mm -hmm. Yep. It was freaking good. How you feeling right now? Huh? How you feeling right now? Stuff. Why, we're running around the building? No. Are you uh, sick and or tired? Oh, yeah. Definitely tired. Sick? Uh, I'm getting a cold, yep. I sure am. Can you hear it? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think Janie gave you a cold. That means no holding hands and no kissing. So why do you think you're so tired? Huh? Why are you so tired? Uh, last night we didn't sleep for shit, like I said, where I normally stay. They were power washing last night, so it was a freaking nightmare. And then we got on the A, and the A only ran to Rockaway Parkway. And then you had to ride a bus if you were going to Bar Rock, which was the other part of our ride. We normally run the two and a half, two hours and 37 minutes each way. You know, there and back. And you, you, once you're, once you're in, in the section after Grand Street and stuff, um, it's pretty wide open, you know, broad channel and all that. That's all 
great big areas of non-stop, so it's pretty easy sleeping through there, you know, until you get from beach to beach, but we didn't have that last night. We had to frickin' go from stop to stop, so it, was, it really was horrible. I probably got... Two and a half hours sleep last night, maybe if I'm lucky. How much? Two and a half, maybe if I'm lucky. Oh. Was the power keep, washing, were, were you able to stay inside? or was the Yeah, no, we had to stay inside, but every frickin' half an hour we'd have to move, and it was all steamy and moist, you know, it was damp because they were power washing. <coughs> the, uh, the temperature took a dive. Because <coughs> they weren't doing steam water, they were doing cool water for some reason. Yep, they didn't chase us around. They were just trying to clean, but you know, they did chase us from section to section and jump back. <coughs> well, you can tell I'm getting sick. Lovely. I should have a really great time with that. Because, you know, I'm doing late at night and early mornings. That's the only place I'm getting any decent tips. Do you want to stop at the store and get you some, like, NyQuil or vitamin that C? That would be rocking. Some yeah, vitamin C stuff? Rocking. So there's a thing called rocking. Airborne. You put it in water and you I mix it Daddy up? Daddy told me about that. She said it's really good. I'll try some of that. But Orange right juice or whatever. for money. I got um, $8 or something day. Is there anything you want to share with the millions of people at home? One last thing people don't know about you or... Great, Trump, Trump doesn't push the button on the serious side. Um, you know, like I said, just if everybody had a little bit more courtesy and a little more, more cheer about each other and not about their own, the world would be an easier place. But, thinking that the world is all of a sudden going to get manners and start to care about each other is an impossibility. It's an impossibility. It's easy to say and really hard to do. But we shall attempt to make life better for each other. We will. Praying for a new year on Christmas. Praying for a new year. Ready to go to the store? I think you're falling asleep. Huh? I think you're falling asleep. I think I am <clears throat> sick. Unfortunately, you are correct in this. Um, what would you call it, lad? What you've ascertained is a freaking. <clears throat> Alright, I'll wait for you. I thank you. No, I'm coming with you, lad. I wasn't sure if you wanted to sit for a little while longer. No, it's only going to hurt more.